It's time for episode 181 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. There are extra giggles already happening today, <laughs> mostly because of my co-host, the ever affable Mel Ellis. Mel, welcome back to the pod. Thanks, Mel. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited. It's been a big week in Parkrun world for me. Excellent, excellent. I want to hear all about it. So let's let's kick off with you first. Where did you park run on Saturday? I was at the launch of the Camp Aspie Park Run and it was very wet, very wet. Um, made the mistake of deciding to take my dogs with me this week. Never a mistake to take dogs. <laughs> well, no, uh, not always the best idea in wet weather when you've got very little compact dogs like I do, little chihuahuas. And usually lately Paul has been walking, which meant I've had the luxury of running and he's been with Zoe, but this week he came down the stairs in the morning in his running gear, which I went, oh, this isn't looking good for me. The running gear differs from the walking gear how? <laughs> because when he when he walks, he comes he comes to park running his jeans. Oh, okay, fair enough. So he was wearing active wear then. <laughs> he was in active wear. And I was like, oh, I'm not running this week. And it was his birthday, so I wasn't really in <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't really argue this point. It's his birthday. I got to let him run. So anyway, so yeah, we decided we're taking the dogs, and it wasn't um, raining in Meltown when we left. But by the time we got to our destination, and the weather wasn't looking great, so it started to bucket down, and I was yeah, had <laughs> the pleasure of accompanying the tail walker with my nine-year-old and my two dogs and now umbrella. <laughs> Can I ask, do you have those leash umbrella things for your dogs? Like I know a lot of people who have little dogs have those. It, it's like an umbrella that opens at the bottom of the leash. So it's over the dog, but it's not over the whole leash. I wish I knew about those. <laughs> I think they're hilarious. I've never actually seen them in the wild, but I would love to see people using them. Can you send me the link? Because I <laughs> yeah, Googling it now. <laughs> no, no. I was literally running with an umbrella and a leash and with my nine-year-old with her leash and her dog and getting very wet so there wasn't a lot of photos being taken because I couldn't manage the photo and the selfie and the leash and the umbrella and everything it was what's just... wrong with you <laughs> we got very wet and um it's an out and back course I'll divulge that much it's an out and back course so Paul came past me on his return journey and as he came past I he said come back for the dog because <laughs> They weren't doing so well. So after he finished, he came saturated back out and retrieved one of the dogs, which he tucked under his arm and he disappeared again in the distance. That was at about 3K. And then at about 4K, the other dog decided she'd had enough, she was wet enough, so I had to pick her up and carry her the last kilometre. Oh, there's nothing like the smell of wet dog. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was me stinking like wet dog at brunch um, because I had to carry her. <laughs> anyway, that was our wet, smelly park run. Uh, how was yours? Uh, mine was good. We went on a little bit of an adventure last weekend. We needed to drive about two and a half hours away, which I know isn't too far, but I feel like two and a half hours in one direction is enough to justify staying overnight because you have to drive two and a half hours back the same day otherwise. And five hours in the car is a lot with a two-year-old and a five-month-old. So we took the opportunity to head out west to Ros Gregor Park Run, which is in Nanango. And we actually stayed the weekend in Kingaroy at a farm stay, which was recommended by some good park running friends, Taylors. Hey guys, <laughs> Wes loves animals, specifically ducks. And we have so many books that are about farm animals and things like that and so many songs and stories. So we thought it might be a good time to take him out and let him feed the animals at this farm stay a couple of times a day and get a little park run adventure in while we were going. 
Uh, and it was really good. It's a great course, Rosgerger Park Run. It's challenging, but not too challenging. So it has some undulations. It's an out and back, which means it's really sociable, as you would have experienced, I guess, at Camp Aspie. Lots of friendly other park runners there and, and all that sort of thing. It was event number four. So it's had a few weeks to get settled in and I needed a four for my Wilson Index. So I am officially no longer on three, which I've been on ever since I discovered there was a Wilson Index, which has been a long time now. Uh, but that takes me up to number nine and I just have to get a 10 and then I think I'll, I'll jump up to 20 or something like that. Goodness only knows when I'll get a 10 in, but that's okay. Uh, it's got a couple of little dips that you go down and then you go up and it's predominantly, I feel like from about one and a half kilometers, it's uphill on the way out, which is great because that means on the way back, it's gently sloping downhill, which was really nice. And I was going to try and sneak in a little bit of run walking and not tell Adam about it. Unfortunately, he had brought Wes back out on the course to play on some equipment. So he saw me, he saw me before I saw him. I was trying to do my best to have a, a quicker park run than the last one I ran. And I actually did my fastest time for the year. I came in at 51.14, uh, position number 88, crazy 88. It was my parkrun birthday. Oh, congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Happy parkrun birthday also to my parkrun birthday twin, Nicola, forward of With Me Now fame. Uh, I completely forgot until after the fact that it was our parkrun birthday. Otherwise, I would have had cake. So I'm going to have to make up for it and get some cake this weekend wherever I be. And that's definitely firmly on the event, on the Avenger. No. <laughs> on the agenda. Let's put it on the agenda, shall we? <laughs> and it was also my 15th different event for the year, which checks that off as my New Year's resolution goal. So that's one down. Oh, oh, and I do have to mention, I bumped into Nicole Sanday, who is a parkrun adventurer, big time parkrun adventurer. Uh, she introduced herself before the event started and I really wanted to catch up with her after for a proper chat and she was gone before I got back. So, Nicole, stick around next time. I want to have a chat to you. And it was lovely to meet you just briefly before the event started. So, thanks for coming and saying hi. So, that was my weekend. Well done on your achieving your goals, Mel. That's really good. Yeah, knocking them off one by one. And hey, look, it was only the start of November. How's that for not leaving it down to the wire, <laughs> which is what I usually do. 29th of December, I get my last thing in. So that was one of one of my goals. And yes, I'm happy to have achieved that. How many goals did you have? I feel like I set three, but I can't remember what the third one was. Maybe I'll have to go back and listen to my own podcast because I'm sure I mentioned it in January. I set three this year. What were yours? Okay, It's a good time to check in on resolutions because there's still time to finish them off for the rest of the year. So my first one I set of the three was to do 250 park runs, which I've done. And the second one was to reach my cow, which I've done. You did. That was like last week, wasn't it? Congratulations. Thank you. That was exciting. So that was a big goal for the year. But my third one, which I'm not technically going to reach by the end of the year, was to start a junior parkrun event. But. Well, no, no, no. You have. There's starting has happened, has it not? The starting has happened. Yes, it's very exciting. So that's, yeah, a big thing that's happened to me in the last week. I've been given the go-ahead. Um, Parkrun Australia has announced that there will be six new events, junior Parkrun events, starting in the next 12 months, and, and my proposal is one of them. So, Hooray! Yay! So, the, so the western suburbs of um, Victoria are going to be getting a junior Parkrun, fingers crossed, uh, hopefully in the next few months. That's amazing. I'm very excited about the growth of Junior Parkrun in Australia. And I know that you've spent a lot of time at Westerfolds Juniors, which is the only Junior Parkrun in Victoria at present. And I'm sure you're going to be amazing. So congratulations. That's awesome news to hear that you've been greenlit. I think it's going to be great for the kids. So yeah, and Zoe and I won't have to travel so far on Sundays anymore, which will be good when that finally 
gets off the ground. But we will miss Westerfolds because we have become very entrenched in in Westerfolds Juniors and um, part of the community there. So it'll be a bit bittersweet, of course. Yeah, but Westerfolds Juniors isn't going anywhere and it's just creating opportunities for the junior adventurers to get out and about. That's right. And they can come and visit their little sister park run. That's how way I see it. We're like, when we're not in com- competition in any way, we're just going to be like the little sister branching off. Exactly. But that's not the only good park run news you've had recently. I understand that there's been a little bit of uh, behind the scenes volunteering, you know, moving on into a new position for you lately. Yes. That was also a bit exciting. I um, I applied to be a outreach ambassador for Parkrun Australia and I was accepted. So it's double congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're hitting it out of the ballpark and now, oh, this is the trifecta, you know, co-hosting a Parkrun Adventures podcast. I mean, does it get <laughs> any better than this? I don't know. Can you, okay, so the Outreach Ambassadors is a new thing for Australia. Can you give us a bit of a breakdown about what kind of stuff that you'll be doing? Well, the Outreach Ambassadors, it's a brand new role, as you've said, and we're going to be supporting the health and wellbeing lead, Glenn Turner, to engage older Australians in um, parkrun events in their local area to support the Parkrun Australia's Generations Project. And the Generations Project aims to increase the numbers of the walkers, the runners, the volunteers and spectators at Australian Park Runs. So we basically, we just want to reach out in the community and find people that will really benefit from being a part of the community and as, as we know, the benefits that being a part of Park Run community can bring. But we know that um, often older Australians are uh, a bit um, uh, cut off. So they can be cut off and, and feel... Isolated. Uh, yeah, that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> Isolated <laughs> from the community. And, and coming along to Park Run is somewhere where they can find a place to engage and be connected so it's it's a real positive thing and I've been studying myself a little bit um I've been doing some work with dementia um and I've been learning the benefits and researching the benefits of um even just volunteering and the positive impact that can have on cognitive reserve and all those kinds of things. So, you know, it really, it really, it's all coming together for me in my life with the research I'm doing and my connection with Parkrun and reaching out to older people and bringing it all together. So it's like, it's just perfect. I love it. It just makes sense, doesn't it? We just know how much it has improved our lives and if we can just share that with people and help other people get the benefits that we're getting in Parkrun, the world will be a better place. Our guest this week on the podcast has walked 1,000 kilometres from Kalamunda in the Perth Hills to Albany on the south coast. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers, Linda Vandenhoven. Hi, Melissa and Melissa. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. That's no worries, Linda. So tell us, how did you get the idea to take up this challenge to walk so far? Um, You did the Bibbleman track, is that correct? Yes, I did walk. um, It's called an end-to-end of the Bibbleman track. So I wanted to have an adventure. I had some long service leave to use. Um, so I took three months off and I came across the Bibbleman track and the more that I looked into it, the more I thought, yep, I think I can do this. Um, so I went with it and completed my end-to-end of the Bibbleman track and thoroughly enjoyed it. And how do you come across a long track like that? Did you literally just Google really long walks? Um, Look, I've been following on YouTube other people that do really long walks um, like the PCT and the Appalachian Trail and so forth. Um, I had gotten into hiking and I took myself off on my first solo hike, which was the Great Ocean Walk. 
And while I was on that walk, I came across another hiker who actually told me to look up the Bibbulmun track that um, he was going to do it. And when I got home, I looked it up and that's how I came across it. And I thought, yep, this is for me. So I went with it. And how many kilometres a day do you have to walk? Uh, The walk took me 51 days. So I think the average is out about 20 kilometres a day. The walk has huts spaced approximately about 20 kilometres apart anyway. So basically you're walking hut to hut each day as you progress down the track towards Albany. And each hut has a water tank with rainwater in it and a drop dunny. Um, So, you know, your basic needs are covered there. Talk us through what a typical day would look like on the trek. Uh, So I took a tent. Many people don't take a tent because you can sleep in the huts. They're not really a hut. It's a three-sided shelter with sleeping platform. Um, And most people just blow up their mattress and lay in their sleeping bag in the shelter. I do have um, a phobia of rodents. Um, So I would set up my tent usually in the hut. People didn't mind. And I would sleep in my tent in the hut. Um, So get up in the morning, pack up, have breakfast, start walking. The track is signed, posted by a woggle sign, which is the Aboriginal serpent. Um, So you follow those along the route. Um, I also had an app on my phone called Gut Hooks in case I got lost and maps and a compass and that sort of thing. But navigation was pretty easy, just following the woggles, stopping about every five kilometres for snack and a drink, making it to the next hut. When you get to the next hut, generally there's people that you know, you're tag teaming people all the time or there could be someone coming the other way because people walk south to north as well. I went north to south. Um, So you set up, make a cup of tea, have a chit-chat, look through the logbook. Everyone signs the logbook at each hut so you get to know who's ahead of you, read the comments, have dinner, and then you're in bed by dark fall, which was usually 6.30, so early to bed and early up again. How far apart are the woggles? Um, roughly about a kilometre. Okay, so it's not line of sight then. No. Did you add much extra mileage on, just not quite finding woggles? Yeah, we went past a few and had to backtrack. But if you haven't seen one for, you know, a little while, you went things out. So it wasn't too much of a problem. And I believe that you you posted food supplies uh, ahead um, to to meet you um, along the way. Is there, There's some sort of um, track angels, is that right, Linda? Yeah, my track angel was Elsie. The Bibbulmun Track Foundation um, had allocated her to me and she communicated with me um, prior to coming, um, giving me advice and so forth. She was wonderful. Like the first 10 days or so, you don't pass through a town. There's about eight towns that you pass through. So the first section, um, you're not really able to carry that much food. So she did meet me halfway at Sullivan Rock and she brought out um, my extra food and I was having some backpack problems so she bought me a new backpack as well and she also bought out fresh fruit platter which was lovely. So I did post um, the rest of my supplies to the the towns to the visitor centres and just pick them up as I passed through or some people choose just to resupply just to buy at the towns. Um, I chose to post because I just thought I knew what I liked and then I would have it available. Can I ask what kind of food you eat to sustain yourself on that kind of trek? Yes, I bought commercial pre-prepared freeze-dried meals. People commonly use a brand called Backcountry, but I prefer a Tasmanian brand called Campers Pantry. Um, And you just basically add hot water and then you've got, you know, a whole meal like beef stroganoff or spaghetti bolognese or fettuccine carbonara and they were nice. Um, A couple of weeks into it, my hunger really escalated. Apparently that's common. I was just even more hungry. So I supplemented um, the freeze-dried meal with Deb instant potato and cup of soup as well and found that that was enough. Breakfast was just porridge. Mind you, about three quarters through I got sick of porridge and I switched to two-minute noodles and a protein bar. 
and lunches was basically just snacks. As I said, every 5K was a rest stop and just had a few snacks and a drink. And Linda, when you got to the end of the track, so what happens there? You, you can somehow, you can register that you've completed the track, is that right? Uh, yes, we got to the southern terminus and there's um, a sign there, so you stop there for the photo, then go up to the information centre where they bring out this woman track box and inside is a bell and um, end-to-enders get to ring the bell to celebrate their finish and then sign off the the last logbook. Then when you get home, as I did today, you can register online your end-to-end trek and you'll be sent out a certificate, um, a badge to stick onto your, to sew onto your backpack and um, they ask you some questions which will be published in the next um, Bib Woman Track Foundation newsletter, which I think comes out quarterly with all the information about the people who have completed an end-to-end trek. You mentioned you were tag-teaming with quite a few other people. Did you ever get lonely? Not at all. I started off the trek um, with a friend um, but for her own reasons she had to leave um, quite soon into it and I ended up teaming up with another hiker named Tony and we ended up completing the whole thing together we stuck together and we finished together and so we were a support to each other and it was fantastic we were a good team but there are many people that do do it by themselves and they're quite happy to do it solo Um, usually you've got company at the shelters or the huts as well so no you don't really get lonely it's quite social really and Linda I know one of the things that you wanted to do is take your time on the trek and really enjoy the wildlife and and take photos along the way so have you got any special highlights from that 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 are memorable yeah I chose to do it in spring because that's when the spring flowers are out and they were amazing I was just blown away and took so many photos of the spring flowers it was beautiful um the wildlife was good I saw um a total of 10 snakes uh three wild pigs I got bailed up by a racehorse goanna, which was a bit terrifying. I wasn't sure how to get out of that situation. Um, Two echidnas. I saw two baby emus being um, walked along by their daddy, so I couldn't get too close to them. Apparently the fathers can attack if you get too close. And, of course, lots of kangaroos, lots of birds, including birds of prey. Yeah, the wildlife was good. I loved the sunsets and the sunrises. They were amazing. The trees, we started off with Mari, then we moved into the Kari, then the Tingle trees, which are amazing. They've got massive bases and often you can sort of stand inside them. Um, I enjoyed the Pingarup Plains as we got closer towards the coast. And then the highlight for me was actually reaching the coast the further down south I got, um, I'd been anticipating that for a long time and that was a fantastic day when I eventually hit the coast in Mandalay Beach. That was, yeah, my best day, I think. How did you go weather-wise? I mean, spring and the coastline, I imagine, can throw up some decent winds and uh, and even, you know, the elevation of the course, I don't expect it's flat. How did you deal with the elements? The weather wasn't too bad. Um, the first two weeks was actually unseasonably hot. However, the night times, the, the night was freezing. Um, my sleeping bag wasn't quite up to it. So I'd recommend to other people to get a, you know, a minus sleeping bag. I only got wet once or twice didn't bother to use the raincoat because you just get too hot in it anyway. It was easier just to get wet and then dry off. Um, so quite lucky with the weather, really. It was windy down on the coast, but, you know, that you get and um, I don't mind, you know, walking along a windy beach. It's quite pleasant. So, Linda, you're also known for your running streaks. Firstly, tell us when you first started streaking and did you continue streaking during the trek right well I started off just as a bit of fun with a running group that I'd been in on the 1st of October 2017 um, with about 16 people started a running streak just for a bit of fun and a laugh 
And within a couple of weeks, most people had dropped out. But for some reason, I just kept going and couldn't quit. And um, with a bit of research, I found out about the Streak Runners Association, which is based in America, and they have an International Streak Runners Association section. And after you've been streak running, which involves one mile continuous per day minimum, you can register with them. So after my first year, I registered. So I'm on their list and I'm now up to day 766, which is just a bit over two years. Um, obviously, I didn't want my streak to end while I was on the Bibbleman track. So the first thing I do when I got into a hut was suss out where I'd be able to run in the morning best to get it over and done with first thing so sometimes you know it was almost unrunnable I'd just have to find 100 meters and just go up and down up and down till I got to I've rounded it up to two kilometers just to eat for ease um, and yeah I managed to keep it going so my streak survived the big woman track that is <laughs> I, I don't want to use the word crazy but you must have a lot of energy and I'm impressed that you you managed to get it out of the way early in the morning how did the legs cope with the rest of your day's trek if you already run in the morning yeah look my legs were really good it's surprising what um struggle I had was the weight of the backpack really on my shoulders and back my shoulders were quite painful a lot of the time um, if I was to do something like that again, I would work really hard to try to get my pack weight down because walking 20 kilometres a day doesn't sound very much, but when you're carrying 17 kilos on your back and it's very hilly as well and hot, it just puts it on a whole new level. Um, so, yeah, some days it was quite uncomfortable. I've got a nine-kilo baby and I don't want to hold on to him for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> so, kudos. <laughs> It sounds like you had an incredible time, but I don't expect it was all easy days. You know, 51 days can't all just be magic. Did you have any challenges out there? I did have some tough days. The track was actually tougher than I ever anticipated. It was very hilly and I actually got very homesick for my family as well. So I had to work through that, which I did, and I wanted to keep on going. Um, because I wanted to show my kids that when times get tough, you don't quit, you committed and you keep going. So I hope that I've been a fabulous role model for my children. Indeed, I'm sure they're all very proud of you. I hope so. I saw, Linda, that you posted a selfie from Albany when you from Albany Park Run um, on the Park Run Adventures Facebook page. So was it was it a goal for you to get to that park run um, by this Saturday and finish finish the trek in time to get to park run? Absolutely. As with most good park runners, when you go somewhere, you check out what park runs might be there. So I had planned to do a park run at the start of the trek and one at the finish. So um, prior to the trek, I did Claysbrook Cove, then started the trek the next day on the Sunday and planned to finish so that I could do um, a park run in Albany, which was called Mount Clarence. Um, so I anticipated that I would finish on the Friday and do the park run the next day, but um, actually finished on the Wednesday. So got a few rest days in beforehand, which was nice. Time to just chill out in Albany and relax. Tell me you remembered your barcode. I sure did. Good job. <laughs> well done. And is it something you would do again? Are you looking at doing some other tracks in the future? Yes, I'm already itching for another adventure and um, I've, I'm in a bushwalking club, the Marunda Bushwalkers, and when I got back a few days ago, I checked out the newsletter and upcoming events and they've got a um, trekking in Nepal in 2021. So I thought, well, I've done long distance. So now let's have a go at a bit of altitude. So I've put in an express expression of interest um, in doing that. It's a 25-day trek in Nepal. So yeah, that could be my next goal, I think. Sounds incredible. Also, yeah, altitude, high. <laughs> Sounds very high. Well, thank you, Linda. It's been wonderful to learn about the trek and I'm so glad that you got park runs um, in 
at the start at the end of your adventure as well and thank you very much for sharing it with us and good luck for your future treks oh it's a pleasure mel and mel thank you so much for having me on the show it's been great thank you Howdy Parkrunners, Tok reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. Today we've ventured up to the lovely little town of Woodend for the launch of the Compaspe Parkrun. Uh, to be fair to say that it's a little bit damp up here today, but there's a really great crowd gathered for the launch. We're in the shadow of Mount Macedon in the Macedon Ranges, or we would be in the shadow if there was any sun out. But um, we'll go out and have a run on the course. The course looks stunning. It's an out and back along the river, the five mile creek, I think it's called. Um, the course looks like it's got everything. We've got toilets, we've got shelter, we've got water. And of course, it's very close to the shops for coffee. Let's get out and have a run and we'll check in later. Cheers guys. Howdy park runners, we're in the shelter. We've just finished the, the lovely Campaspe park run. It'd be fair to say that the conditions were a little bit damp out there. A few puddles to jump. And I've got someone that's going to be calling Campaspe home. David, David, how did you find the course today? Uh, wet, I guess, <laughs> but also really beautiful. Um, running through parkland, around the outskirts of the town. And we've got a couple of bridges too, so uh, yeah. Scotty Trickett would love that. A couple bridges. of bridges, one that was a bouncy bridge that was made it a little bit tricky to get your, your, your cadence right. I don't know how you found that bridge, but there was a lot of people on it when I went over it and it was going in every direction. Yeah, it was, absolutely. It was like it being was, on a boat. <laughs> it was bouncing in all directions. So this is going to be a home park run. Where else have you uh, been to park run? Oh, well, look, I've done over 100. So Marbonong used to be my home, but we, last year we moved out this to the Macedon Ranges. So. Yep been hanging out for a park run and it's, it's finally arrived. It's finally got here, isn't it? Great to see. And it, it is a beautiful course for it along the side of the uh, creek. I guess Maribyrnong being a fairly fast and furious course with the little turn around the lake at the end. Absolutely, yeah. We've got a, a few good good uh, fast runs there. Um, so we'll have to try and see if we can emulate that out here. <laughs> Go for a park run PV on this. It's got a Absolutely. couple of little rises on this, but nothing, oh, nothing, nothing too bad. Nothing too no. bad. Nothing too All too very runnable. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and uh, I think the rest of the day looks like this is set in, so it could stay damp all day. Uh, I think so. I think we'll be off to the cafe across the road and uh, get a hot, hot chocolate. I've heard good things about the Milko, so we're all keen to get over there. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, let's, let's go and see. Cheers, David. Thanks for your time. Thanks, mate. Howdy, park runners. We're up at Milko, the uh, local cafe. I don't think they've probably had a hundred people squeeze in on a Saturday morning before like this. They're probably wondering what's going on. Um, I'm here with a couple of today's wonderful volunteers. Uh, I've got Matt, who's the co-ED. Matt, uh, how'd you come to uh, want to set up a park run at Wood End? Um, yeah, look, uh, I think park runs a, a great concept. Uh, I like the uh, the 5K uh, uh, run. I also like the uh, community feel and also uh, bringing everyone together and. Um, trying to improve the health and well-being of the, uh, the the local community and um, getting everyone together, it's really good. So have you done park runs elsewhere before you started this one? Yeah, I've done a few. I haven't done a lot of park runs, um, but uh, no, I like the concept. Uh, they've always been a bit too far away, so and hence another reason why we wanted to get one local and you know, and provide an opportunity for you know, other people like myself, yeah. And I had a walk and a talk with your mayor today and she was really stoked at the idea of having one in the backyard as well. Yeah, no, the Massive Rangers Shire Council have been really supportive. Like, they've, they've jumped on board straight away from the time we, uh, you know, said that we, we yep. wanted to put one, one together. So um, they provided the funding. Um, and also Western Water was also jumped on board too, and they provided the funding for the defibrillator. So um, they helped us to get it off the ground, which is great. And they turned up with a uh, drinks trolley today, a water yep. cart. Yeah, Western Water, yeah, with their drinks cart. And, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's good uh, thanks to Western Water and thanks to Massive Rangers Shire Council. Yeah. And Nature put the water cart on today as well. <laughs> Had a little bit of a um, little bit of drizzle. Yeah, just a little slight little bit of rain today. Uh, the temperature was good though, so that was good. But it didn't deter the people. You know, when we got uh, nearly what 280 people turn up today, um, absolutely just mind blowing how many uh, we got even with the weather. So. Yeah. Um, be interesting to think well, if it was sunny how many we would have got but um, no, yeah, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, no, it's a really great course too and I've got a couple of the other volunteers from today with me. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yes, yeah, so I'm Dave Edwards, uh, uh, 
first uh, park run I've been involved with uh, you know, sort of helping and uh, my wife got me involved in park run uh, earlier in the year. She's been travelling to Lancefield Park Run for a little while now and she's really excited about having something in Wood End because she doesn't have to dodge the kangaroos on a 20 minute drive there at 8 o'clock in the morning. So uh, yeah, great to have something local. And our super reporter Gaz tells me that you're responsible for a lot of the signage out on course. Yeah, well, it's always, uh, for the courses I have done, it's always nice to know where you're going and be a bit reassured when you know if there's an intersection coming up. So, uh, sort of, you know, saw a way to help out and it's been a good result. It must have been No worries, yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm Nancy. I've done a few park runs. I'm on about 80 of them and I've been doing them over five years. Um, I have main, I like to tourist, so I like to jump to different park runs, but my main ones are Bringbank and Sunbury. Okay, and yeah, now, Bringbank's nice, a couple of little hills as well. Yeah, favourite course. And what did you do today? I was barcode scanner. Scanning it. Uh, <laughs> when I came over the bridge and looked at the line, I thought, oh, I might just jump here and give you a hand, because you had a big queue of people standing out there waiting. I had about four people helping me scan, which was great in the end. And isn't that one of the great things about Parkrun that you were there and just people just grab out their phones now with the new app and start scanning. Some people started sorting and at one stage there I was starting to look at the tokens and I think Matt might have come over and we're starting to get close to 300 and we started to talk about needing to recycle some tokens and yeah, no, it was great. I, I had a plan of keeping them sorted while I was scanning and then by about 10 I was like, oh well, it's just going in a pile now. <laughs> no, it worked really well. It's, it's well, as I said, one of the great things, people just jump in and help out. Yeah. So um, have you run the course on any of the trials? Yeah, I did a few of the trials. Um, it's actually very nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to tail walking next week, which I'll get my first course uh, on the Are you on the board? Yeah. And how many different courses have you done around the state? Maybe 40, 50. Okay, you've, you've got a random tourist at a fair bit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well done. All right, guys, I think we might wrap it up. A bit of food's turned up, and I reckon my coffee might be over on my table, so I'm looking forward to a coffee. Thanks for your time. No, thanks for your thanks, support. Thanks. thanks. Cheers. Hello, we've just finished the uh, well, Coldham Park Run. Coldham's Common. Coldham's Common Park Run in sunny Cambridge, actually. And I'm with Mark. Mark, you were the run director today. Yeah, I'm one of the um, run directors here. I'm also one of the event directors. You've got two people as event directors. We have or two co-event co co event directors, yes. Okay, and uh, how long has this... Well, it's the 52nd week. It, it was the 52nd week today. So, yeah, um, our proper anniversary was in September. Okay, and um, what made you decide on uh, Colton Common as a parkrun site? Um, there was a lady called Tracy who's now stepped down to set up the Colton Common Junior Parkrun on Sundays who wanted to set one up in Cambridge in addition to the one which is about five miles away from here just to be able to reach out to the community more and uh, get more people involved in parkrun. Oh, very good, and how long have you been run directing then? Um, about a year. I helped. I was part of the core team um, at setup. Okay. And uh, how many people do you normally get? It varies. Today was small because it's half term and there's a 10k race tomorrow, so it's only about 250 today. But it's up to 340 sometimes. Actually, it seems like a, it seemed like a pretty big number today to me. Actually, going around there. And for the uh, junior run, how many uh, kids do you get there? Well, they've only just had their fourth event last week and they've not been fortunate with the weather so far, so they're running 50 or 60. Okay, I should say for the listeners, today is actually a stunning day. I can't believe how lucky it's we are. It's a beautiful sunny day, yes. And if, the, if it's forecast that way tomorrow, the kids will be happy. They will be very happy, yes. And how would you describe the course here? It's two laps on um, grassy fields. The first field is a um, football and rugby field and the other one is a kind of rough grass field but it's a great course very flat um a bit muddy today but otherwise it's a yeah really fast course I'll, I'll confirm that actually it does seem like a very very fast course today i found it a bit slippery heading into the corners that's because you weren't wearing any shoes on your okay feet. right enough of that <laughs> mark how long have you been running for oh how long have you been running um i think my park run first run was in 2011 or something like that. Yes, it can have been. I was just way thinking, back. yeah, way way <laughs> back. I've been running for ages, but I only started volunteering a year ago here. But um, yeah, I've been running for a long time. And how many volunteers do you actually have on the course? 
I have about, it varies, but about 20 roughly. No, it seems like quite a few out there. Yeah. We'll also say that, uh, I, I don't actually know what the score is, but we're actually, we were running today during the rugby. So for those back home, I'm hoping I'll be smiling later on today, but all should be revealed. Well, I'm hoping I'll be smiling later as well. <laughs> <laughs> now look, thank you. It was a happy mob today. No problem. All the best for the future. Thank you very much. Mark. Cheers. Okay, and bye from uh, me. I'll be back in Australia next time. Uh, have to do one of these things, Mel. Okay, see you. Thank you, Talk from Campaspe in Wood End, giving us a roving report in the wet, very wet there. 280 people turned out to enjoy the wet conditions. Adventuring is live and well in central Victoria, Mel. Isn't that insane? You guys have just been chomping at the bit <laughs> for, you know, a new event to come along and you've got a few lined up for the rest of the year. So hopefully that will satiate your appetite. Yes. And then there was Dave coming to us from Coldham's Common in the UK. Yes. This one was from two weeks ago. Um, Dave is back in the country now. He's in Australia and uh, literally delivered this one to me in person, which was nice having recorded it on the other side of the planet. But uh, he mentioned toward the end there, the rugby results, he, they were running during the rugby. And I think there might've been a dip in attendance records that weekend, because I believe England might have been playing in the rugby. It was kind of a big deal, but I don't follow that. So do you know who won? No, I've got no clue. But I was curious with the comment that Dave found it slippery because he doesn't wear shoes. Now, Mel, I know that he runs or has ran at Kiwana. Can you shed some light? Why does Dave not wear shoes? Um, well, I'm pretty sure because um, – we weren't born with shoes. So, <laughs> you know, we were born with these perfectly good feet and why ruin that with um, putting something over the clodhoppers? He, he has worn shoes from t time to time and it's funny because, you know, he's known as Smiley Dave or Barefoot Dave wherever he goes and it's partially, I believe, the reason why he doesn't stay in the UK into the winter it's because it's too cold to run barefoot. <laughs> However, yeah, when, whenever you see him in a photo with shoes on like he's been running, there's invariably the comment that somebody makes. It's like, oh, I didn't recognise you with shoes on. <laughs> Is this a challenge, Mel, that we need to do? Like do we all need to experience this barefoot running thing at Parkrun? Oh, look, who am I to make that kind of challenge? I would encourage everyone to give it a go. Speaking of challenges, we've been promising Cam over in WA for a few weeks now that we would have a challenge out to him. And I'm very pleased that you're co-hosting with me this week because <laughs> you can throw the challenge out to him. I can. Now, listen, Cam, we, we have discussed this amongst the Channel 5 News crew. So this is something that it, it hasn't just come uh, from Mel. It, it's been a group decision. Which I took no part of, I might add, <laughs> except to make people vote on it. Correct. Yes. So we've come to the conclusion that you need to interview somebody at Parkrun that you don't already know, but needs to be a pod listener. So you've got to find a podcast listener and you will get an added bonus if the listener can name one of the existing news crew. So get out there and find all those podcast listeners in your community. To clarify, it would be good if they listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, just, you know. Like, I thought that spoke for itself. It's kind, of <laughs> it's kind of implied by the fact that we would, you know, give bonus points if they can name one of the existing news crew, yes. However, I just. Mel, Mel you didn't specify that in the. In the run sheet? Yeah, that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I just thought it might be good that we um, state it explicitly for Cam because I, I've been burned before, okay? I've thought I've made really, really clever challenges and then I've been taken literally and it didn't work out so well. Yeah, and Cam, if you come back and do this in one week, I'm not going to be impressed. <laughs> 
I will. I will. And for the record, I would like it noted that certain members of the Channel 5 News crew had some really challenging challenges. They all pretty much brainstormed ideas about what the challenge could be and this was the winning one but some of them were really hard so there are some people out there that are either gunning for you or just want to make some entertaining listening for the future well good luck cam and um, i hope it takes weeks and weeks and weeks like it did (laughs) (laughs) okay so now normally we would do a reminder about ugly christmas singlet ordering but we don't need to do that for this week because the orders have closed And I already have guilt about the people that have missed out and, you know, they're just going to have regret and I'm going to be sad and feel bad for them when they contact me and say, can I please get a shirt? And I'll have to tell them it's too late. Yes, ordering has closed for the Ugly Christmas singlets of 2019. However, we would like to remind everybody that Ugly Christmas Singlet Day is on its way, the inaugural International Ugly Christmas Singlet Day. It's going to be the 21st of December. And you know what? It's less than eight weeks away. Yay. I love Christmas. It's going to be Christmas next month. It's happening. It's it's on its way. It's going to barrel down like a juggernaut and hit us all unprepared unless uh, we prepare for it, ironically. Have you started your Christmas shopping? Uh, does buying ugly Christmas singlets for other people count? <laughs> yes. <laughs> then yes, I have. And while we're at it, I would like to uh, give a shout out to the person in Manly, Queensland, who was spotted wearing their 2018 ugly Christmas singlet to the salon during the week. Um, I've got spies out there. And so whoever you are, I'm assuming you're an avid listener if you own one of the ugly Christmas singlets from last year. Love the fact that you wear it to the hairdresser just randomly during the middle of the week, styling it all the time. Oh, we need to also talk about the Christmas compendium and the New Year's Day double finder tool. Now, Mel, have you decided where you're going to Parkrun on Christmas Day yet or New Year's Day double? Christmas Day is so exciting. So my home Parkrun tool and creek is doing their very first Christmas Day Parkrun. So you're going to be at home? And it's literally like... Yes, you'll yeah, be so excited because I'm never at home. I'm, I'm never at home. They don't even know who I am because I'm never there because I'm always adventuring. So I'm going to be that weird person, you know, running in a Christmas tree costume that they don't know who that is. But yes. Awesome. Awesome. What about you? I do not know where I'm going to be actually. This is the Christmas that I usually volunteer so I, I volunteer Christmas and Christmas about one year I run, the next year I volunteer, and this is a volunteer Christmas. It will really be informed by where we choose to Christmas with Adam's family this year, and I think it's down in Brisbane. So I might have to figure out which event down in Brisbane I can volunteer at. Yeah, so no. And what about your New Year double? New Year's Day double. Well, so have you seen the New Year's Day double finder tool? It's back out again this year. I know of it. I haven't looked at it yet, but I, I, I remember it from last year. It's sort of working on the basis of the events that have already declared. And it's an awesome tool. I would recommend everybody go and check it out. I should probably... Hold on a second. Let me the URL. I, I shouldn't just talk about these things and not actually be able to give people the information. Googling, Googling, Googling. Well, while you look at that, I can tell you, <laughs> much to my disdain, my husband's discovered that he has not been given permission to have time off for the new year. So I very sadly can't travel. We had big plans going to South Australia with our friends and doing four new park runs in, in eight days. And, and yeah, we can't. So <laughs> I'm in a bit of, I'm sulking a bit about that. But anyway, but it's it's okay. We can, we can go local and still do events. Is it uncool to leave Paul at home? Well, <laughs> I kind of. A little bit. I kind, <laughs> I kind of went, oh, we can't go. Look, you oh. let him run on his birthday. Isn't that enough? <laughs> he did. How he much did. He didn't offer that I could go without him. So I thought <laughs> I went, mm, guess that means I can't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the URL people need to head to to check out the New Year's Day Double Finder is www.tailrun.uk backslash or forward slash. I never know which slash is forward and which one's back. NYD forward slash 
or backslash 2020 forward slash or backslash. That might be crucial. Well, just try one way and if it doesn't work, try it the other way. (laughs) I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll possibly also share this on the Facebook page if I remember later in the week. Of course, that is working off the basis that events have declared whether or not they're going to participate on New Year's Day yet. And I think there's only about a dozen doubles showing up at the moment, and that's purely and simply because uh, events are still, I guess, waiting for their permissions from local councils and landholders, etc., before they make their decision, or they might be waiting to figure out if they've got enough volunteers to run additional events on those days. Um, So at the moment, we haven't chosen yet, but we will be in South Australia because we've already booked time away ourselves as well. And uh, we're not going to get four new events in over that period, but we will definitely be getting three in over the New Year's Day double weekend and then the following weekend in January, which will be good fun. But yeah, the the double tool is out there. So please use it if you're wanting to cut down on all the brain hurting work of trying to figure out logistics between getting to different events etc exciting times mel ellis thank you once again for joining me as co-host of this fine podcast it was a ball i always have a giggle no thank you Uh, it's a pleasure as always and i love doing it and congrats again on all your awesome parkrun achievements lately. All all your challenges, all your volunteering tasks you're taking on, you're a little bit incredible or a little bit more than a little bit. And uh, love your work. Thanks, Mel. I'll see you soon.